Hello, hello. Hello. How are you, Gorge? I'm fantastic. How are you on this beautiful Tuesday morning? I'm doing well. Wonderful. It's not Tuesday for anyone else, I'm sure. No. But it's probably Sunday. Probably. There's a one in seven chance it might be Tuesday. That is true. Yeah. Fucking slackers. Why'd you wait two two days to listen to our episode? (laughs) How dare you? The audacity. (laughs) What's up? Nothing much. How have you been? Good. Yeah. What are you up to? What are you watching? What are you doing? What do you like? I am half rewatching, half watching for the first time Peaky Blinders. (gasps) Yes. Fuck yeah. Because I watched up until, I want to say season four, which is when. Damn. Yeah. Adrian Brody showed up and was like an American mobster. And I was like, what the fuck is this? What is happening right now? What is happening? Why am I supposed to give a fuck? None of this makes any sense. And then I kind of tapped out, but now I just, uh, you know, I'm revisiting an old friend. Oh, I love that. Thomas Shelby. I love that. So I'm going to try and barrel through the other two seasons that I didn't watch, uh, just starting <laughs> from the beginning. I don't think I even realized they were up to season four. I want to say so. it was six seasons, five oh, or six shit. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I got into it when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Because that was when I was, like, first dating Johnny. And sometimes I, like, really missed him. And Cillian <laughs> Murphy, to me, looks like Johnny. So sometimes I would, like, just, like, miss him too much. Yeah. And I would put on Peaky Blinders so I could feel like I was hanging out with another version of Johnny, I guess. Yeah. Like a sexy... Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Is it Killian? Is it Cillian? I feel like I have heard people say both. And I have waffled on this for years. I thought it was Killian. I was told by an Irish gentleman it was Killian, but then I feel like I listened to an interview, I want to say with him, where he said Cillian. Well, fuck. I don't know. We're going to look this up. We'll det- do you want to look it up no, now? We're going to look it up now. Maybe we should correct this. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a live correction. Live correction. Possibly. Or a live standing by our shit. <laughs> I... <laughs> Need to know because I have been doubting myself for years over this. So I'm going to feel like an asshole if I've been calling him Killian Murphy this whole time. I mean, I'm only going to feel like partially an asshole because I literally just changed back from calling him Killian Murphy to calling him Cillian Murphy. So Killian Murphy, there we go. Here's the thing: if the Irishman said it was Killian, that's it's fucking Killian. That's what I thought. It's but then everyone made fucking, me doubt it after it's that. Some fucking Anglo who's like, um, oh, there's a C in it. Fuck you. <laughs> So, Brendan, I'm sorry. I should have... I believed you for literally up until, I want to say, like, two months ago. And then I really started to doubt myself. And I, like, switched to calling him Cillian, I feel like. No, Killian. Killian. All right. Don't doubt yourself. If you believe, believe. I I want that shit tattooed on my lower back. (laughs) Tramp stamp that shit. (laughs) If you believe, believe. That's the new notarize it. Tramp stamp that shit. (laughs) There you go. That's far more permanent, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> there you go. That's a bold choice. <laughs> I, I like where your head's at. Boom. I have too much commitment issues to ever commit to a tattoo. But if I did, that'd be the one. Facts. Yeah. Facts. It's permanent. It's and I know you can take it off, but like, I don't want to. I just don't even want to go there. Yeah. Like, yeah. respect I don't to trust the people myself. who... No! No, 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 no. I'm going to choose poorly. I'm not qualified for that, clearly. No. Clearly. So a couple... Wait, do you want to introduce us first? Yeah, why not? Let's yeah. introduce the show. We could do that. We could do that. If you like, you know. This is another fucking horror podcast. I'm Monique Sanchez. I'm Amy Trayton. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Nailing yeah. it. Yeah. Nailing it on this fine Tuesday morning. Per usual. Aj. 
<laughs> I don't even know what that was. Ash. Uh, sure. As usual. That's yeah. That's that was like the super shortened version of that. Boom. Yeah. Um, couple things. Corrections, if you will. Oh shit. Uh, one. Our Kiki about about Amy's crafts and kids. Yeah. Uh, and when I mentioned your shoes and how they're super cute. And I was like, they're kids. I'm assuming you're like, yeah, they are kids. And I was like, look at me clocking those kids. Um, no, you said that they were kids like four times before I said that. <laughs> I, I, and it was, I wasn't going to say anything. It was fine. Till the second, not the first time I clocked it, listening to it, not the first edit. The second time I heard it, I'm like, she literally talks about her kids. <laughs> I was like, I usually call them my kids, but, and then I'm like, I'm assuming they're kids. I'm such an asshole. I can't even handle it. I, no, I don't think so at all. Uh, I was like, she clocked those kids. Fuck yeah. Also, in my story, Kian, I pronounce his last name like four different ways because my brain is one of those, if there's multiple vowels. Oh, my brain just turns off. Like, like it doesn't in understand. succession, yeah. it just doesn't know how to do that. It will like rearrange them however it wants and decide to pronounce it however it wants. Literally same. I will pronounce it in a, like with a letter that's not even in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Like in my brain, Veronica and Victoria are the same name. I know they're not. One of them that. is my confirmation name. I was going to say, yeah. And it takes me a second to remember which one it is because it li- I literally <laughs> don't know. Like my brain is like, that's the same. Yeah. And I'm like, I intellectually understand they're not, but it takes me a second. So his last name is Katibi. Okay. And not, which I got right like 30% one? of the like time. One of the four times maybe? Okay. I said a whole bunch of shit. Um, it's Kian Katibi, not Katabi, not... I, I said a bunch of shit. Well, there you go. Kian Katibi. We're learning how to pronounce things today, Monique. Yeah. I have a friend of mine whose last name is Laird. <gasps> Which I love, like Laird Hamilton. Yeah. Don't know who that is. Uh, he's like a famous surfer, I believe. Sure. Yeah. Definitely not Not in my circle of knowledge. Yes. Also, uh, like the term for like Lord in Scotland. Yeah. Yes. Which I learned from Outlander. Thanks, guys. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to circle it back to Outlander. Oh, of course you are. Fuck yes. Fuck yeah. Um, Which if you haven't watched. God, you're circling it back to Outlander. Yeah. Girl. Uh, Jamie. Fuck. Sploosh. Literally. Oof. Like to the nth degree. Also, if you're a reader, like please read the books. They're so fucking good. I read them in high school. Literally. Every woman in my family read them. They're fucking phenomenal. To the point that I was in the uh, pharmacy the other day and recommending that books to the woman who was talking <laughs> about the show in front of me. So I have a good friend whose last name is Laird. And I I had never heard him pronounce it. And I had no idea how to pronounce it because my brain does the like, who knows where the fuck the vowels yeah. are. And it's a word jumble at this point in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And it literally wasn't until I watched Outlander... That he started calling him Lair. And I'm like, oh, oh. I, I was like friends with this dude for like 10 years before I fucking pronounced his last name. Josh, I love you so much. That is um, hysterical. Yeah. Just if vowels are in quick succession, literally, you might as well throw up the vowels and see where they fucking land. It, that's what my brain does to them. Yes, correct. So Hermione in Harry Potter, for the first three books, Amy's childhood brain decided to pronounce that name as Hermione. Oh, there you go. For no reason. Like, I pronounced the E at the end, which for the most part is always silent on words. Yeah. And then finally, yeah. Yes. Crazy. Literally. (laughs) Crazy pronunciations of shit. To the point that I said it to my mom one time and she was like, do you mean Hermione? And I was like, I guess so. You know, 
Language is interesting. It's really hard, Monique. It is. I remember ages ago, <laughs> ages ago going to Vegas with my parents as a child because... As one does, yes. Obviously. I went to Vegas with my parents as a child. Yeah. yeah. It's very family friendly. And <laughs> it's funny because recently I was like, I don't understand. Because I traveled extensively, like really kind of all over the world with my parents as a child. And I was like, why the fuck did Marilena and Roberto think that that was a great idea to travel with three children? And then someone brought it up to me. Well, they were in their 30s. That's when you travel. And I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, that makes sense. And they just happened to have three kids. Yeah. So they were like, well, you should take these kids We need to us. fucking yeah. schlep them with us. Yeah. So we went to Vegas and my younger brother was like, we need, he's an architect. So he was like, we need to see all of the hotels like on the strip. We need to go to all of them and Okay, you know, which you know sure. most people kinda do. There's like a lot of they usually have like free things you can do with them. So most people like walk around and do that. Yeah. Exactly. You see the tigers at MGM and fucking the, Exactly. The pirate show at Treasure Island and the Bellagio Fountain. I don't think and they shit. have the pirate show anymore. <gasps> I know. That shows you how much I'm dating myself right now because yeah. I saw the pirate show so uh, The Sirens. Oh, is that what it is now? That's what it was. When oh, that's I went, that's was. what it was. It was the sirens of the sea or something oh, like that. Oh, sexy. Okay. Right? Obviously. I just had the dirty pirates. Great. I mean, there are probably pirates in it too. Right. I don't know. Fuck. Who knows? This was like ages ago. Yeah. So my younger brother wanted to go to Circus Circus, which is a shithole if you've ever been. And it's not on the strip. It's like a ways. A ways away. Yeah. It's a ways away. I was like, I don't think we did that. Yeah. And it was a shithole. And they have like... What do they have there? They, okay. Well, they have like circus, like, you know. Things. Like D-rate circus bullshit there. And then okay. they also have like midway games and like midway like amusements. Oh. So okay. we were going on the different rides. And they, I, I want to say that they were themed to like different parts of the world. Probably. And we go on this one ride and my younger brother, and I'm, so, I'm sorry I'm putting him on blast. It's just because he was like 11 at the time. Um, so I'm not like, he was 34 and said this. He's a fucking idiot. No. <laughs> he's 11. We get, yeah. He's 11. We're giving him a pass. But he was like, oh, I wonder if this one's from like China. This ride's like Chinese because chaos. And I was like, you mean chaos? <laughs> oh my God. I love that Language so is much. fucking hard. That's so hard. That's, that's, <sighs> but also, what the fuck else would you think that was yeah. if you'd never heard that word before, yes. never seen it before? Sometimes you just look at a word or you see a word in a context you're not used to seeing it. And it just, your brain doesn't process that yeah. it's the word that it is. And I used to play this game called Text Twist with my roommate in college. And we mm. literally used to just sit on our beds and play Text Twist. And basically all it is, is you get six letters. There is a six letter word that you need to get to progress to the next round. And in finding that six letter word, you can also make smaller words to earn points in that round. But you have to get the six-letter word to get to the next round. Ah, so okay. we would play together because obviously two brains better than one. Usually she would type because she was super fast. In this one instance, I believe I happened to be typing and I look at the letters and I'm like, okay, I get the word. Amazing. Great. And I type it out. And my friend looks at the screen and goes, Tribal? What the fuck does Tribal? ball mean and I like there was like a full 10 seconds of my brain not processing this and then I turned to her and went tribal and she was like 
Yes, yes. Tribal is in fact a word. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. So I totally get how you can just disconnect from a word. I also realized sillily is like one of the weirdest words I've ever encountered. Like he did it sillily? Yes. Yeah. I used it the other day randomly and to the point that I had to Google how to spell it like four times because it just looked It's just like a bunch of L's and I's and a Y at the end of it. Yeah. Also, my tongue just decides to like have a seizure in the middle of that word. I don't know why. Who the fuck can say that word? (laughs) Sillily. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm like gargling over here. All that to say, his name is Kian Katibi. <laughs> I didn't even know where we got on this topic from. <laughs> because sometimes it's the long and winding road. Yeah. You know. To... We are women of tangents. That's right. Yes. Also, uh, if you want to hear us talk about more tangents, oh, yeah. listen to the latest episode of the PE podcast. We were interviewed by the raddest fuck chicks, Lex and Julia. Fuck yeah. Um, who are our new BFFs. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, we're obsessed. Yes. They interviewed us on their latest episode, so check that shit out. Hell yeah. And here, <laughs> more of our tangents. More of our tangents, more of the weird things that we're, we're into and that we love. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Boom. I can't wait to hear it. I haven't heard it yet. I know, because at this recording, it hasn't dropped yet. But it by the not. time you guys listen to it, it will have already dropped. Yes. August 5th. Yes. August 5th. the the drop date. The we'll release Put date. it on, on the gram. Put it on the gram. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Monique's going to put it on the gram because Monique handles our Instagram and she's <laughs> yes. amazing. Thank you. She does all of the hard work for that. And Amy uh, edits the episode. So the only reason we have an episode is because of Amy, which is <laughs> amazing. Also, apparently there's a, a UFO documentary on Netflix. Which Monique just told me about and I was unaware of and I am going to do that tonight because you know I wasn't going to miss the new Netflix UFO documentary. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. I got to get the hot goss. I got to tell you guys the hot goss. Especially since the documentary is titled Top Secret UFO Projects Declassified. Yeah. Can you even fucking handle it? No, girl. My God. I'm bursting at the seams. If it's lame, that's going to suck because that's the most like clickbaity title it ever. It totally is. Here's the thing. If it's lame, full disclosure. You're still I'm here for it. I'm still going to enjoy it because I'll just make fun of it and Amazing. like love my life. I love a trashy. I used to watch Ancient Aliens with my grandmother. Like, I'm I not mean, above amazing. that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. You gotta. You got to. Especially when, like, my grandma's fucking the tits. Like, she likes alien shows. And what? Ancient Aliens was, like, on the History Channel. So it's educational. <laughs> We're learning Facts. here. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Because basically, uh, the History Channel was, like, the Hitler channel for, like, <gasps> ever. And Literally like, my entire childhood yes. up until like high school. And then yeah. suddenly, yes. Ancient aliens and ghosts. <laughs> suddenly and like, it was like the sex in the Civil TV. War. I'm like, fuck yes. yes. This is everything I've ever wanted. Yes. Um, yes. Oh Educational. Educational. <laughs> this is history, people. Come on. Get it together. So ridiculous. I can't handle it. Oh, yeah. No, I was obsessed with all of that shit. Oh, my God. I know. For sure. Loved it. Yeah. It's and like, it's under the guise of history. Fuck yeah. Which is like my two favorite things. You're like, no, I'm watching the history channel. I'm learning things, mom. I'm learning things. Don't worry about it. I'm learning about the Gettysburg Address and that there were ghosts there. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is that all the things? I think so. Amazing. Business covered. Yeah. Boom. Now for some uh, some spookiness. Yeah. Some mystery. What do you have for me this week, Monique? Titillate me. Tantalize me. Oh, shit. The double T's. The double T's. 
Um, so I'm going rogue oh, this week. Yes. But stick with me. I love when she goes rogue, you guys. <laughs> stick with me because I think it's really fascinating and possibly titillating and tantalizing. hey I knew you were going to bring it. I mean, yeah, I think so. I think so. We'll see. So I'm going to be talking about the green ribbon. I literally know nothing about this. You do, though. I am a blank slate. And do I? Yep. You're going to find out real quick. Oh, you fuck. Do. Okay. So start off with sources. The Atlantic, Wikipedia.org, ScarySTudies.com, Britannica.com, MessyNessyChic.com. Uh, that's an amazing name. Girl. For, yeah. Right? A website? Fuck yeah. Heartily approved. And riskyregencies.com. Ooh. In a Dark, Dark Room and Other Scary Stories is a collection of horror stories, poems, and urban legends retold for children by Alvin Schwartz, who is best known for the scary stories to tell in the Dark series and illustrated by Dirk Zimmer. It was published as part of the I Can Read series in 1984, and the book contains seven stories. The third story in the book is The Green Ribbon, which I will read to you now. Once there was a girl named Jenny. She was like all the other girls, except for one thing. She always wore a green ribbon around her neck. There was a boy named Alfred in her class. Alfred liked Jenny, and Jenny liked Alfred. One day he asked her, Why do you wear that ribbon all the time? I cannot tell you, said Jenny. But Alfred kept asking, Why do you wear it? And Jenny would say, It is not important. Jenny and Alfred grew up and fell in love. One day they got married. After their wedding, Alfred said, Now that we are married, you must tell me about the green ribbon. You still must wait, said Jenny. I will tell you when the right time comes. Years passed. Alfred and Jenny grew old. One day, Jenny became very sick, and the doctor told her she was dying. Jenny called Alfred to his side. Alfred, she said, now I can tell you about the green ribbon. Untie it, and you will see why I could not tell you before. Slowly and carefully, Alfred untied the ribbon, and Jenny's head fell off. <gasps> I weirdly got chills from that. Yeah, absolutely. The green ribbon was derived from a French story of unknown origin, and by 1824, the story was likely in wide circulation as an oral tale. It became popularized by Washington Irving's short story, The Adventure of the German Student, which was released that year as part of a collection called Tales of a Traveler. Washington Irving is mostly well-known for the... Oh, no. Sleepy Se Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Sorry. This version involved a velvet necklace and apparently was told to Irving by another famous author, Thomas More. Not to be confused with Sir Thomas More, the Catholic saint who was executed by Henry VIII because More opposed Henry's separation from the Catholic Church because he wanted to annul his marriage to Catherine of Aragon because he wanted to bang Anne Boleyn and refused to acknowledge Henry as the head of the Church of England and as a result was beheaded for going against the syphilitic king. Not to mention there's like a 400-year gap between the two. Yeah, so they're definitely I mean, yeah. not the same fucking person. But it's just like, oh shit, Thomas More. It's like, oh no, it's like 400 years difference. It's not the same person. Uh, also, or no. is it? <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I was to say, the vampire. This vampire the Thomas Comte More. No, the Comte de... Oh, oh, oh yes, fuck. Saint-Germain, Saint-Germain. 
Okay. Saint Germain. Was somebody the Comte de something though? That's him. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Comte de Saint Germain. Yeah. Okay. We're nailing it today. Clearly. I went for the Comte de Sade, which was like some fucking Marquis de Sade. Yeah, Marquis de Sade, some fucking Sade. Just the Comte? Fuck that. Hell yeah. Oh shit. I'm assuming a Marquis is higher station. I don't know. I don't know. We're not about royalty. I'm not. No. I don't give a fuck about America the doesn't wedding. do that, yeah. No. They do, though. Well, like, they We're, don't do yeah. it, but they're obsessed with it. I don't give a fuck about Harry and Meghan. There, I said it. Or any of their weddings or you know their what? kids. Agreed. I've not followed any of that. No. Like, live your life, do your thing. I'm not going to interrupt you, but... I mean, did I watch the Oprah interview? Of course I fucking did. Come on, let's Okay, well, that's real. a different story. That's fucking that's different. The, that's the hot goss. Like, you need the royal gossip. I need the goss. Who doesn't need the fucking hot goss? Okay. <laughs> I don't need to go to the press things they do for bullshit. Yeah, no. Right. I want four the, in the morning for I their fucking the wedding. I want the fucking dirt. Yeah. No. Exactly. I want the secrets. Who's a racist and who's a bitch? Thank you. Boom. I'm on a need-to-know basis, okay? <laughs> These are things I need to know. Exactly. Back to the story. In 1970, a story called The Velvet Ribbon was included as a children's tale in the book called Ghostly Fun by Anne McGovern. This version featured a black velvet ribbon, and every time the husband asked his wife to take it off, she would respond, you'll be sorry if I do, so I won't, which... Oh my god. Ominous as fuck. Right? Chills. Like, we might need a divorce. Like, I don't feel super great about that response. Thanks. And the husband becomes completely obsessed with the ribbon and the story. Yeah. And the story culminates with him cutting it off while she's sleeping <gasps> to horrific results. Head falls off. And it basically is like, I told you you'd be sorry. Like, it's Ooh. like. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's horrifying. The decapitated head is literally talking to him. I told you you'd regret this. I told you you'd be sorry. <gasps> leave it well enough alone. Words but- to live by sometimes, honestly. Just leave well enough alone curiosity killed the cat just there saying you go. and those motherfuckers never die there are other versions of the story that exist that involve her taking the ribbon off willingly okay but okay. her head still falls off obviously of course yes these. it's okay. always the same result yes. Her head falls off by 1984 when alvin schwartz adapted the story for in a dark dark room and other scary stories the tale had a long history and like the brothers Grimm and many others who became famous for retellings of folklore before him, Schwartz had the right retelling at the right time to leave a lasting and traumatic impression on a new generation of children, a.k.a. my fucking generation. What the fuck? This story was the most traumatizing thing ever, and the like illustrations to it are like freaky. I'm sure. Like, I kind of vaguely remember this now that you are getting more into it and you're right traumatizing as fuck because you're like why is this appropriate for children <laughs> like, seriously because because i believe who, who approved this who said this was okay because i believe that in a dark dark room and other scary stories series was for like grade two what like it, that's what i literally read the entire story i didn't abbreviate it at all that was the entire story that i read so they're like yeah this is totally appropriate for children that's not gonna fuck them up forever and Dude, then to the make them grow up to make wild. paranormal true crime <laughs> podcasts. They don't have a weird obsession with the macabre. No. 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 No, I'm Just super well adjusted. anyone. No. I'm nailing my life. Oh my God. So let's take a second to go into the history and psychology and symbolism of chokers in fashion. Love a choker. Not going to lie. Girl. I rock a choker. Yeah. It's weird because I had an audition recently where I was 
auditioning to play a sex worker. And my coach was like, do you have a choker? And I was like, <laughs> I actually have a choker from the 90s that belonged to my mother. Hell yeah! I've had that in my possession that fucking long. Oh my god. So chokers have been worn around human necks for thousands of years, symbolizing the delicate balance between vulnerability and power. Yvonne Markowitz, the curator emerita of jewelry at Boston's Museum of Fine Arts, told National Jeweler, quote, a lot of ancient jewelry is protective and amuletic, end quote. She noted that people tended to concentrate their ornamentation on the parts of the body that were thought to be especially vulnerable and in particular need of protection, specifically the head, the wrists, the ankles, and the throat. That is fascinating. Right? That never occurred to me. Yeah. It's literally fucking same. And it was believed that with the jewelry worn on those areas, it was infused with special powers. Necklaces, though, could also have a more practical purpose. For instance, Native Americans wore versions of chokers often made from the bones of birds to protect the jugular in battle. Traditionally, though, chokers are a simple adornment, usually a slim strip of fabric that wraps around the neck, evoking both delicacy and boldness, pride for its ability to both conceal the neck and to highlight it. Today, they most readily suggest the romantic, but they also carry a note of violence, visually slicing across the most vulnerable part of the human body, and with that undertone of violence, control. So let's delve into the possible origins of the green ribbon, and to do that, let's get into our way, way back machine, and head to 70s, 90s France to the French Revolution. More specifically, the Reign of Terror. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. I fucking live for history. It's crazy. The Reign of Terror, for those who don't know, also known as the Terror, was a period of the French Revolution from September 5th, 1793 to July 28th, 1794. During the Terror, the Committee of Public Safety of which Maximilien de Robespierre was the most prominent member, exercised authoritarian control over the French government. The revolutionary government mercilessly came after anyone suspected of being enemies of the revolution, specifically priests and nobility and hoarders, apparently. Hoarders? Yeah, like people who hoarded. Hoard things? Yeah. Because basically all this shit started. Weird. Okay. Because the peasants didn't have anything. They were like starving to death. Yes. Correct. So it's like, so if you took more than your share, fuck you. You're an enemy of the revolution. <gasps> okay. I got that. Yeah. The Committee of Public Safety suspended a suspect's right to a public trial and their right to legal assistance. Damn. Fuck. Yeah. That is terrifying. Can you fucking imagine? No. The committee also left the jury a choice of acquittal or death. That's oh. fucking it. Thank you so much for those options. Great. Right? It's like literally like the Eddie Izzard cake or death. That's, it's the Seriously. same. It's literally the same options. Oh my God. Don't fuck up. Right? Right? Or don't be perceived to have fucked up. Good luck with that. Yeah. And this is during the whole time, even though she didn't say it and it was misattributed to her, the whole Marie Antoinette let, let them, them eat cake. cake. It was, it was a Spanish princess. It wasn't her. She never said that. She never said it. But, you know, the, what is the, the phrase of like, uh, history is told by the victors, right? Yes. They, yes. Also, uh, Catherine de, the Great didn't die fucking a horse. Just but case, what a way to go if she did. I no. mean, girl. 
Just kidding. Bestiality is not okay. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. basically, if you know, like your enemies get to dictate how you're remembered. So on September 5th, 1793, the terror became the official order of law in Paris, and anyone suspected of being an enemy of the revolution was publicly guillotined. During the reign of terror, at least 300,000 suspects were arrested. 17,000 were executed, and it is believed another 10,000 died in prison or without trial. Jesus, fuck. All of this took place in the span of 11 months. What? Less than a fucking year. 17,000 people guillotined. Damn. Like, oh, and fucking a guillotine. Like, oh. Yeah. The accusers would eventually become the accused with Robespierre, the man who started it all, meeting the business end of the guillotine himself effectively ending the reign of terror on July 28th, 1794. Fun fact, if you want to be that person at a dinner party, the last time France executed someone by guillotine was 1977. Which is too recent. Way too recent. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that date should have probably been about 200 years prior to the date it was. Yep. Yep. And guillotining wasn't officially abolished by the government until 1981. To put a hey, perspective, good job, guys. One, it's definitely likely that a lot of listeners were still alive when guillotining was still totally legal in France. And also, to give it a different, like a a perspective, while I was walking, I was walking to the train to get here. There are all these ads for MTV saying established in 1981. So basically, when <gasps> oh when MTV God, was no. established was when there, France was like, you know, guillotining might be a bit much. Hmm. We should probably abolish it. It's not a super cute look anymore. Literally, Thanks. like, Blondie and Bowie were on your fucking television, oh. and people could still legally get fucking guillotined in France. My God. Look at your fucking life. Look at your choices. Just we're, fucking sick. We're doing great, as just, like, in general, as humanity. Oh. For the record. Yeah. Nailing it. Obviously. With the execution of Robespierre, French society began to find its way back to normalcy. Sort of. As the terror came to an end, a rash of merrymaking and balls broke out. Writings and records from the era suggest that an unusual subculture of society balls emerged as orphaned aristocrats began to see the revolution return their relatives' confiscated property and fortunes. Reveling in the return of their fortune, they established aristocratic, decadent balls open to themselves alone, known as the Balls de Victimes or the Victims Balls, with the first one supposedly being held in early 1795 and their first mention in popular writing in 1797. The gatherings are thought to have been organized by relatives of guillotine victims, and only those who had lost a close relative to the guillotine or narrowly escaped it themselves could be admitted to the exclusive balls. Also, um... How much are you enjoying saying balls every 10 seconds? I know. I'm secretly loving it. I know. I'm sorry. I'm a child. I will never be a mature adult. And I'm, like, over here trying not to giggle like a schoolgirl because (laughs) I'm that immature. Also, uh... Even though I have two French names, I'm not French. I have no idea how to pronounce this, and I'm sorry that I'm butchering it because I'm certain I am. You're doing your best, though, Monique. I'm trying. And that's that's all that matters. A for effort. But these parties were far from a somber funeral procession. They were a cathartic, orgiastic evening Ooh. of aristocratic irreverence in which the participants 
acted out the emotional impact of their relatives' executions and the social upheavals occurring as a result of the revolution. Holy shit. First was the greeting. To enter, rather than a graceful bow to the host, guests allegedly saluted a la victime by jerking their heads sharply downward to imitate the moment (gasps) of decapitation. Oh my god. Yeah. This macabre greeting was also said to have been given to one's dance partner once already inside the party. Like you just sort Well, hello then. Okay. Hi. I guess we're doing this. Great. Awesome. Then there was the dress code, which came from the fashionable aristocratic subculture in Paris known as the Incroyables and the Marveluses or the Incredible and Marvelous Ones. I'm fucking trying, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, what I do is I I look at it and then I'm like, what's the offensive French accent I could put on it to make it sound like I'm sound like I'm I'm I love you because I do the same exact thing. I'm fucking sorry. I'm like maybe if I just say this like really low and kind of mumble it in a French accent, it'll be like semi correct. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The incredible and the marvelous ones who were known for their outlandish style of dress. During the revolution, opulent dress was punishable by death. They were just fucking... Settle the fuck down. They were just lopping off heads for any fucking reason. You hoard too much. You're getting a little too fancy. You jaywalk. Fuck you. It's a wrap. I mean, although, like, I would say slow walkers in New York. Oh. That's deserved. I kind of understand that. Yeah. Or people who decide they're going to stop and look at their phone in the middle of the sidewalk when there's a... Crowd of people behind you, all walking and all carrying momentum. In the middle of the sidewalk, right when you exit a subway car (gasps) in front of the train, like in front of the door, or the entrance of a subway, like the subway entrance. All of those things should be punishable by 18. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I support all of that. I say we bring that shit back. Okay. (laughs) Petition started. Boom. (laughs) Basically, all of New York was like, (laughs) seriously. Oh. So things like wearing royalist colors, green and blue, the fleur de lis, or even mourning attire was strictly <gasps> prohibited. Like, bitch, we can't even mourn now? I Can guess I not. live my fucking life? No, because they're traitors. And if you're mourning oh. them, then you're a traitor to France and whatever the fuck. Which, ugh, whatever, calm down. Right? By the time Robespierre's head rolled, the incredible and marvelous ones were ready to thumb their nose at his policies through fashion. The men of the subculture, referred to as the Incredible Ones, wore carnival-esque mourning attire that distorted their shape. The men tied cravats up to their chins, swaddled their throats in layers of cloth that resembled goiters, and wore collars ascending past their ears. All of these elements created the illusion that the Incredible Ones were necklace. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. The jackets were tight and tailored in the front with bizarre pleats on the back designed to make the men look hunchbacked. Which, again, I think it's to, like, lessen the prominence of the neck. That makes sense. Shoes were pointed and heelless, fabrics striped and polka-dotted, and tailcoats intentionally wrinkled and mud-splattered. Okay. The women of this group, or the Marvelous Ones, scandalized older generations by appearing at the numerous victim balls and other post-revolution society functions dressed in sheer, gauzy, Greco-Roman dresses, reminiscent of the undergarments their relatives had been stripped down to during their imprisonment. Richard Lemaine, author of Les Petits Matres de la Mode, said, Marvelous women, 
abandoned the corset in favor of dresses that imitated Grecian statues. They dressed in shawls and transparent dresses with necklines that would often expose the entirety of their breasts. End quote. They Ayo. weren't giving a fuck. This is France. Good for you. Yeah. Titties are great. Yeah. And also, like, fuck you guys for all the shit you just did. I'll do what the fuck I want. You literally, like, murdered my family by cutting their fucking heads off. If I want to flash my fucking tits at a party, I'll fucking do it. Exactly. Thank fuck you. yourself. <laughs> a weird I, hill to die on, but, you know, I got it, okay? I, I want to I hear that update to It's My Party and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yes! It's My Party and I'll flash my tits, tits if, if I, I want, want to. to. That's very catchy for the record, and (laughs) I think it's a little more spot on, honestly. Cardi B, Megan (gasps) Thee Stallion, get on it, girl. Weirdly, you saying saying. that gave me chills. That seemed so correct. Yes, and serendipitous. Like, yeah. Cardi. Cardi. Megan, what are you doing? Hit a bitch up. Seriously. Let's make this happen. I would listen to that on repeat. (laughs) Of course. (gasps) We need to add it to Hot Girl Summer. Just saying. Yes. The marvelous ones would sometimes dampen the fabric to make their frocks cling even more <gasps> to their bodies, okay. showing off their shape. They don't give a fuck. Right? That is ballsy. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I Tits res- are out. I respect the hell out. I wouldn't go that far, but I respect the hell out of yeah. it. Tits are out. The rest of it is gauze. And like, hey. And let's wet it a little bit so you can- in the fountain. Maybe get a little, yeah. Hey. There you go. You know. <laughs> I don't know how you roll. I'm obsessed. Um, They're not giving a fuck. Heels got the boot with illustrations from the era depicting women going out in public with their feet bare in sandals or adorned only by ribbons, a deliberate reference to the shoeless march of the condemned to the guillotine. Oof. Which, I get that. I support that. But, like, do you really want to be walking around 1700s France barefoot? Chamber pots are a thing. Like, we're throwing this out in the fucking streets, guys. No, 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 no. That bitch, that's how you get tetanus. And bubonic plague and everything. Oh, girl, yes. I I also know that that's a few hundred years off, but that went on for a really long time. Every other fucking disease ever. Seriously, pick a a thing. Not to mention, you're stepping in shit. Literally. Literally. It's not a great look. But do you? You know, live your dreams. Yeah. The trend was to literally dress like the victims of the revolution. Oof. That's a statement. It's a fucking statement. I approve, yeah. With the style of dress at such balls becoming known as the costume a la victime. Their exaggerated style of dress was likely cathartic for them, helping them reconnect with other survivors of the reign of terror, but also served to separate themselves from the quote-unquote blood drinkers of the revolution. The balls are also believed to have helped to bring about the trend of a new shorter hairstyle, aptly known as a coiffeur à la victime. Men sheared the backs of their heads, and it became fashionable amongst young women to opt for a drastic cut, bearing their necks in the same way that the executioners prepared the condemned for the guillotine, mimicking prisoner appearances right before their deaths. When someone was to be beheaded, their hair was cut short so that the blade could sever their head from their body without interruption. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever realized that. Oh, yeah, cool. That's crazy. Uh, so is this a, like kind of a pixie cut or just like a anything below the chin? It's essentially like a, like, like a bob sort of. Or just... It's essentially a pixie that's like a little longer, like a, a okay. tussled curled like pixie. Cute. I love it. Yeah. I'm here for it. It's real cut. cute. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of fucked up. Why, why they're doing it yes. but yeah 
but like you're making a statement like yeah exactly the statement i make with my hair is i'm lazy and i don't want to fucking do it like (laughs) that is a statement to make with your hair exactly if a woman preferred to not go for the full chop she would attach her hair from the back using a comb known as a cadenette and drape the ends over the skull folding the tips of her hair almost over her eyes like making a bang been there yeah done that yeah. oh we've all pulled the move of like how would i look with bangs yeah let me try this out really. yeah it was a very big look also like in the 80s like a french twist yes yeah. yes which we'll get to um it's oh, also shit. been recorded that most ball goers tied red ribbons or red shawls around their necks to symbolize where the guillotine blade would have severed the heads of their relatives from their bodies some sources state that women were seen sporting this hairstyle and red choker even when not attending the balls de victims. These young aristocrats were a rowdy, outlandish gang of pro-establishment punks. They were les incroyables et marveluses. Many who described the balls often generations afterwards found them to be a scandalous idea, which I fucking get, but also it's France. Aren't yeah. they like, isn't like, this kind of their jam? Yeah. Fashion and opulence and like titties out and, and orgiastic parties. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. We have listeners in France. Let us know. Like, I mean, that's the vibe. That's I get. what I was. Yeah. You know. I mean, when I picture France, that's what I'm picturing. But the rebellion of les incroyables et marveluses didn't stop with fashion. They were also known for their slang and manner of speaking. To further protest the revolution, they omitted the letter R from their diction making them sound as though they had a speech impediment. Fascinating. Yeah. So while the rest of France knew them as incroyables, they referred to themselves as incroyables. Huh. Yeah. Because they're like, fuck the revolution so much, we're actually just going to remove R from our language. This is like some um, blood and crypt shit where like, do you know this? I don't know anything about this. The, um... I just know it's blue and red. The... Bloods don't like to use uh, C words, and I believe the Crips don't use B words. Versa. So, like, Cardi B has a song that's Bicken Head, which is really Chicken, chicken head, head, but because she's a, a blood, blood, she uses B instead. It's a lot of fucking. It, yes. Yes. But anyway, that's what this made me. Oh, well, there you go. Made me think. Maybe of. this shit yeah. started here. Damn, all right. Who the fuck knows? By the time Napoleon rose to power in 1799, the incredible and marvelous ones had all but disappeared. The giddiness of revolutionary survivors had fizzled out, and Napoleon was far stricter with rebellious youth and outlandish dress. And thus came the end to the victims' balls. Oh, shit. Okay. I think the last time I might say balls in this thing. Damn it, Monique. I was really enjoying (laughs) saying balls every three words. (laughs) It wasn't until two centuries later that the peculiar and short-lived fashion of the Incredible and Marvelous Ones reemerged, thanks to legendary fashion designer John Galliano. In 1984, the young designer released a collection named after them, which went on to inspire the new romantic look popularized by artists like Adam and the Ants and Boy George, because fashion as a form of societal rebellion seems to be a constant throughout time in youth subcultures. While anecdotal evidence attests to the occurrence of the victim's balls. Ha, I got one more in there. Yay! (laughs) And generations of French and non-French historians described them and accepted them as fact. 
some recent scholars have argued that the balls... Another one. There you go. <laughs> and you thought you were done. <laughs> I, no, I, even, I got a few more in there. Boom. That's what she said. You got a couple Oh! oh! <laughs> I knew as I was writing it, I'm like, this is going to be a fucking thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You knew. I wasn't going to be able to let this go. I was not going to have a mature response to this. No. Some recent scholars have argued that the balls may have been fabrications based on rumor, citing a near total lack of primary evidence, or that they may have only occurred a couple of times and weren't as prominent as Okay. Although the thing is, if you if you look at paintings of the era, you do see the shorter haircuts, you see the red chokers, you see the gauzy Yeah, like Grecian Grecian. The Grecian yeah. look. I mean, that was uh, the Empire Waste was very Love an empire wave. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hides that fupa. Um, For real, girl. <laughs> and makes your titties look amazing. Yeah. Even uh, uh, Josephine, right? Um, yeah. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte's lady. Mm-hmm. Like, that. This the styles of the time uh, when she was around was, which is right after this, yeah. is empire waist more. And that, like, gauzy fabric. You're right. The gauzy like, fabric. picturing that perfectly. So I'm like, well, you know, that all came from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and maybe it wasn't these huge parties, but, or maybe they're, but see, it it all sounds very French to me. It does. And maybe that's me being super racist or prejudiced, and I'm sorry if I am, but like, you guys know how to fucking party, and you guys don't give a fuck, which is yeah. incredibly admirable, let me fucking tell you. Whether real or imagined, the very idea of the balls reflected the post-terror generation's morbid fascination with the horror of the guillotine and the excesses of the French Revolution with its mass executions. The horror translated to urban legends, with one spooky story in particular making the rounds shortly after this time. One night in Paris, a man met a beautiful young woman in a graveyard, which, what the fuck are you doing at a graveyard? Also, I kind of get it. Graveyards are pretty rad. (laughs) Just going for a midnight stroll, you know. You know, it's quiet. True. And, you know, I'm sure at this point, because of the time period, you probably have a relative in there. Maybe you're just, like, yeah. stopping by, paying your respects. Odds are high. Yeah. yeah, saying hi. But, sir, if you're meeting a beautiful woman in a graveyard... Red fucking flag. Thank you. Yep. Just, like, take a second. She was beautiful but looked sad and wore red ribbon around her neck. Of course, the young man fell in love with her instantly. And as he courted her, he fell deeper and deeper in love with her. Except there's one problem. She never takes off the red ribbon. And soon he's obsessed with it. So one night, he catches the end of the ribbon, unties it, and her head falls right off. (gasps) Turns out, she was the ghost of a woman beheaded by the guillotine. Damn. He fucked a ghost? I guess so. Shit. Good for you, dude. So that (gasps) is the origin story of the urban legend, the green ribbon. I loved that. Yeah. You went rogue in the best way this week. Thank you. I got such a thorough history lesson. Yeah. I learned a lot of things I didn't know. I, so shout out to burlesque queen Tansy. Tansy! Because when we went to go see her, one of the things she did (gasps) was inspired by the Green Green Ribbon. And when she said it, I was like, Yeah. And I live for an urban legend. I I love them so much. I literally have the big book of urban legends in my home. Fuck yeah. And I was like, where the fuck did this story come from? Yeah. And I had never heard about these victim balls before. I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, 
I mean, they're written about a ton, and you can see, like, paintings of them looking, but they probably didn't happen. But they probably like, didn't, yeah. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Do you listen to yourself sometimes? What? Yeah. Like, I'm like, you're, like, 300 years later saying this didn't happen. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why you think that. Because that's yeah. 300 years later. I don't know. I'm also not a fucking historian. But um, I was so fascinated by all of it that I thought I'd go rogue with this. I'm so glad you did because I was deeply fascinated by this. And I, you're right. Tansy did bring up the green ribbon and it didn't even like connect in my brain of what that was. Yeah. And that it was the story of the green ribbon. Because I'm pretty sure woman. Tansy and I are the same age. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. <gasps> and like... Every, which, I mean, I wish I looked like that. I know, this is me realizing that Tansy is older than me and my heart sinking a little bit, but it's fine. Because you're never going to look like her. Because I'm literally None never, of us are ever going to look ever. like her. She's so fucking beautiful. It's like, Tansy shares her beauty with the world and I just get to bask in it. And exactly. I'm okay with that. Follow her on the gram. She's <gasps> Tansy Burlesque, T-A-N-S-Y Burlesque. You will not be disappointed. Yes. Um. But so she did a burlesque number... And it ended, and she was wearing all green and a green velvet ribbon around her neck. And it ended with her taking off the, the green ribbon. And then she said, she's like, oh, this was inspired by the, that story. So I, so really when I took it off, like my head's rolling on the floor. Like that's what you were supposed to be saying. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, God, that fucking story fucked me up. And like all of my contemporaries. So uh, I hope you enjoyed me going rogue. Rogue one. Rogue one. <laughs> Rogue waves over here. Rogue waves. Yes. All the rogues. All the rogues. Um, um, yeah. That was fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I kind of can't handle it. And I was sort of losing my shit through this whole story because every day I am reminded how in sync we are. Yes. And how much we don't realize how in sync we are sometimes. Because yes. this so, is meant to be, baby. This is meant to be. And this is like proof right here because weirdly this week I went a little rogue <gasps> and I actually prepared like a little intermission story that Monique does not know about first of all no I don't at all her finding out about it and when you hear the topic of this story like I hope you lose your fucking mind like I lost my fucking mind because this is how in sync Monique and I are oh my god I'm so excited I can't handle it girl I'm so excited so this week, I stumbled across a post on Instagram, and it was from at serial killers underscore memes. And one of their little things was like, a, here's a creepy, creepy fact for you. Mm. And I read it, and I was like, that's crazy. There's no way that could possibly be true. So I went and looked it up, and guess what? It fucking was true. Uh-huh. So... I'm doing this little intermission, which I'm fondly deciding to call horrifying dinner party conversation. Yes! Because I really hope you find a way to sneak this horrifying topic into your next dinner party conversation. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So I am going to tell you about Mike, the headless chicken. Oh shit! That is how... Simpatico, me and Monique are. Literally, she had a headless story, and I decided to prepare an intermission story about a headless chicken this week without her knowledge. My hands are in the air. I have a smile from ear to ear. Girl. 
I'm obsessed with this. Girl. So this is straight from the Wikipedia. On September 10th, 1945, farmer Lloyd Olson of Fruta, Colorado, was planning to eat supper with his mother-in-law and was sent out to the yard by his wife to bring back a chicken. Olson chose a five and a half month old Wyadote chicken named Mike. He went to kill the bird. The axe removed the bulk of the head, but missed the jugular vein, oh. leaving one ear and most of the brain stem intact. Oh my god. You're so bad at this. So bad. The chicken was still alive. <gasps> Due to Olson's failed attempt to behead Mike, the chicken was still able to balance on a perch and walk clumsily. He attempted to preen, peck for food, and crow, though with limited success, his quote-unquote crowing consisted of a gurgling sound oh my God, made in his throat. Mike. Yes. There are pictures of this bird. <gasps> he very clearly doesn't have his head, and he's just standing there... Super chill, as if nothing the fuck is wrong. When Mike did not die, Olsen instead decided to care for the bird. What the fuck? He fed it a mixture of milk and water via an eyedropper and gave it small grains of corn and worms. No, that's when you put it out of its misery. You, like, fucked him up. Do you want to guess how long this chicken lived? Oh my god. I, I, I don't know. Mike, the headless chicken, survived without his head for eight months. Holy shit. That is a year and a fucking half in case no one is picking up on this. A chicken survived a year and a half without its fucking head. I'm sorry. I need to pull up a picture of this because my brain is just not processing. Girl, it was determined that the axe had missed the juggler vein and a clot had prevented Mike from bleeding to death. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay. He like legit doesn't have a fucking head. He does not have a fucking head. It's literally a headless chicken. Like, it's not like there's, oh, part of his head. Like, it's chicken, neck, nothing. That's it. Nothing. I, like, because you were saying, like, the brain stem. And I was like, oh, maybe it's like half. Half the neck. No, no. There's like legitimately not a fucking head on this chicken. What the fuck? So, although most of his head was severed, most of his brain stem and one ear were left on his body. Since basic functions, breathing, heart rate, etc., as well as most of a chicken's reflex actions, are controlled, I know, girl, by the brainstem, Mike was able to remain quite healthy. This is a good example of... How the of fuck... Girl. Because, uh, okay. Uh, 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 okay. Yes. Yes. There's, there's so much. Correct. Oh my Your God. Your response is correct. Girl, I could not handle my fucking shit. I literally sent this to like seven people the day I got <laughs> it out. I was like, um, I'm sorry. This is weird and people need to know. Oh, how? Oh, yes. I don't... I'm not understanding... Yes. How? Like, I... Okay, there's a picture... Of the eyedropper and it being fed. I don't understand. It's like... They're literally just like feeding it into, into the a hole, hole in its mouth, which is... Or in its throat, which is... It's... Yeah. Yes. So, Mike is a good... Oh, my God. And there's another picture of, like, him holding the severed head. Oh, my God. Yes. This I, like, can't handle literally any of this. Girl, they literally, like, took it on, like, a sideshow tour with, like, conjoined twins and, like... What a the fucking asshole. What's this guy's name? Uh, his name is Lloyd Olson. Lloyd, you're an asshole. Crazy. 1945. Wild. You kill the chicken. You kill the chicken. Don't let it live like that. Yeah. What quality of life does Mike have? No, no quality of life. Mike is a good example of central motor generators enabling basic homeostatic functions to be carried out in the absence of higher brain centers. In addition, birds possess a secondary balance organ in the pelvic region 
the lumbosacral organ, which controls walking, locomotion virtually independently from the vestibular organ involved in flight, which was why he could still walk and get around and like move and wasn't just like flapping crazily as he was freaking out without his head on. So like I said, once he was like, famous for being the headless chicken that was still alive, he began a career touring sideshows in the company of other anomalies, such as a two-headed baby. He was photographed for dozens of magazines and papers and was featured in Time and Life magazine. Holy shit! As I said, Mike continued to live without his head for 18 months. In March of 1947, at a motel in Phoenix on a stopover while traveling back from tour, Mike started choking in the middle of the night. To some accounts, he had managed to get a kernel of corn in his throat, and the Olsons had inadvertently left their feeding and cleaning syringes at the sideshow the day before and were unable to save Mike, while other sources say that the chicken's severed trachea could not properly take in enough air to be able to breathe, and therefore it choked to death in the motel. It's fucking headless. Who the fuck knows? It's headless. Honestly, RIP Mike, you had a good run. Girl. It's a wrap. And you know what's fucked about this? They cut off this. There's so many things. Like, so many things are fucked about this. This fucking guy cuts off his head. He fucks it up. Chicken's still alive. And he's like, hey, I got a sideshow attraction. Let's tour the circuit. And like, he's just parading this fucking headless chicken that you did this to. Yes, correct. And like, the chicken's not getting any bank out of this. No. It's not like we're in this 50-50. It has to live in this like horrible state of existence to make you money. Like, oof. Lloyd is an asshole. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. It's really fucked up. To this day, in Fruta, Colorado, an annual Mike the Headless Chicken Day is held every May. What does that involve? I don't even want to know. I didn't look into it. <laughs> That's a really good question. I hope it's not like, let's decapitate the chickens and see which one gets... No, I don't think so. I hope that's not the case. I was assuming it was probably just everyone gets together and buys a lot of merchandise with a headless chicken on it. It's happening August 27th and 28th of this year. Check that shit out. Shit, there you go. They moved it from May this year, apparently. Are they killing chickens at this festival? I need to know. I don't think so. There's a poultry show. Okay, that makes sense. It's basically a best in show for poultry. Okay. Comforting. Much, Much more comforting. With like breeders bringing chickens. There you go. That's a better situation. That is a better situation. So there you go. That was your morbid information for the day on Mike the Headless Chicken. Boom. Boom. And further proof that Monique and I are becoming telepathic, I think. Yeah. Yes. I think we're just tuned into the same channel. We for sure are. Right? As soon as you started your story, I was like, this is weird. This is weird. The the day I decided to do this. A headless. You had a headless story. Yeah. Yeah. Like when we booked to the medical. Yeah. Fuck Yeah. Girl, look at that. We love a theme, an inadvertent theme. Themes on themes. Themes on themes. Boom. Well, not playing into that theme, I have a completely unrelated true crime story for you this week. Fuck yeah. So are you ready? Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. So sources, truecrimedaily.com, buzzfeednews.com, dixonfirm.com, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's website, which is ajc.com, and fox5atlanta.com. Jayla Gladden, a 21-year-old senior at the University of West Georgia, was raised in Georgia, surrounded by strong Southern women, especially her mom, Leah Williams. Leah said she tried to instill certain things in her daughter Jayla while she was growing up that would help her not only through the good times, 
but the bad as well. One of the things she tried to instill in her daughter was to always watch her back. Mm. Leah said that they would even watch Law & Order SVU together. Fuck yeah. Mariska. Fuck yeah. Benson and Stabler. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) While Jayla enjoyed watching true crime shows with her mom, Jayla's true passion in life was helping people, and she was currently studying to become an occupational therapist at the University of West Georgia so she could make her dream a reality. It was while she was studying at UWG that she met her boyfriend, Tamir Bryant, who would go on to become the love of her life. Mm. They'd been dating and inseparable for two years and even lived right across the street from one another in student housing in Carrollton, Georgia. He described Jayla as bubbly and said, quote, she's completely different from anyone I've ever met. And that's why I love her so much. End quote. Oh, I hope he's not trash. He's not trash. Great. He is amazing. Great. On September 4th, 2017, Jayla thought she was coming down with a cold and told Samir that she was going to buy some medicine and tea from the local Kroger grocery store. She posted a few videos on Snapchat while she walked around the store before paying for her items and leaving. At approximately 10.30 p.m., she was walking back to her car, a green Honda Accord, when a man asked her if she had a lighter on her. Mm. She told him she didn't and kept walking. When she got to her car, though, and went to open the door, she felt someone come up behind her (gasps) and press a knife to her stomach. Oh, my God. Like, worst fucking nightmare fear, all of the things. Oh, my God. Girl. Then the man who had asked for the lighter ordered her to get into the car. (gasps) She went in through the driver's side and climbed over into the passenger's seat. And because it's a parking lot, there's security footage of this, which I watched. And obviously, like, it's grainy and from far away. Right. Literally nonstop waves of back-to-back chills because you see her go to her car and she's wearing a bright green shirt. So, like, she's very clearly visible. Yeah. You see the man come up behind her. Oh, my God. And then just, like... The oddness of watching two people enter a car through the driver's side door. Yeah. Like, you don't see that in real life, and it looks so unnatural that, like... Yeah, you do it when it's, like, the passenger door is obstructed and you can't open it or whatever. You never do it in, like, a fucking parking lot. Or, like, when I'm getting into the back of the Uber and I don't want to go on the side with traffic, so I'll get in and scoot over so the person can safely get in after me. But, like, to get in the driver's side door and crawl over into the passenger yeah. seat like it looks wrong it looks weird and you just like can't help but get the fucking heebie-jeebies watching it because oh it's God. so it's so upsetting <gasps> so he forced her into the car at knife point took her iphone and asked if she knew how to get to atlanta which was about 50 miles west of Carrollton. she told him no so he started to drive west towards atlanta He eventually told Jayla that he needed money and was planning to go to Bankhead Highway in Atlanta to rob a gas station before he drove all the way to Michigan. Now, because Jayla's a Georgia native, she knew that most gas station cashiers in Atlanta are behind protective bars and or bulletproof glass. Right. Which is like her first kind of hint that this guy maybe isn't the brightest. I mean, yeah. Yes. Once in Atlanta, the man drove her to a quote-unquote rough part of town and parked the car behind an abandoned church. Still holding her at knife point, he ordered Jayla to take off her clothes. She pleaded with him and asked him not to, but he told her there was, quote, no purpose in crying, end quote. She said she didn't cry, but that he made it his duty to make sure she saw his knife at every opportunity. He then proceeded to rape and sodomize her inside the car. 
Afterwards, he took her to the playground behind the church. He had her sit on a two-tiered bench with him behind her and his arm around her neck. He then told her that it would just be easier to get rid of her body at the playground. Terrified that these were possibly the last moments of her life, she decided her only option was to try to outsmart her assailant. I mean, yeah. She heard her mom's voice telling her to look at her surroundings. Fuck and yeah. all of those episodes of Law & Order flash yeah. before her. Fuck yeah, Jayla. She watched him, taking note of every little thing she could, and decided her best option was to tell him that she wanted to help him get to Michigan. There you go. Girl. Fucking. Mm. These people are fucking stupid, and I guess maybe for whatever reason, they don't really have people who care about them. Yeah. So being like, no, I'm your girlfriend. No, I want to help you. No, they're like, oh my God, great. Thank you. Yeah, wow. Thank you. She's really nice. She's really nice. I yeah. know I like raped her and like, you know. Kidnapped did- you at knife point. But like, you're a nice lady. You're a stand-up lady. Yeah, Thank I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Cool. Jayla, you're amazing. Fuck yeah. He believed that she wanted to help him. And when they got back in the car, he made the mistake of telling her that he had recently been released from prison. Oh, shocker. So Jayla made the assumption that he probably wasn't very tech savvy Mm -hmm. since he had just been released. Right. She told him she couldn't guide him towards a gas station unless she had her phone to Google the locations. And this guy was just like, wow, this girl is so helpful. And literally just hands her her phone back. Fuck yeah. So Jayla, being the brilliant badass queen that she is, immediately turned the brightness down super low so he wouldn't be able to see what she was doing and shared her GPS location in a text message to her boyfriend. She said, quote, it was the most logical thing to do, end quote. Fuck yeah. It was just after 2 a.m. and Tamir, her boyfriend, had been asleep when his phone buzzed with a message from Jayla that said shared location. He was confused at first because she had never shared her location with him before, But when he clicked on it and realized how far away she was, he started to panic. The Kroger she had gone to was only a few miles away, but the GPS location showed that she was about 15 miles away and traveling towards Atlanta. Mm. Confused, he asked her why she was there. She sent back one word, kidnapped. (gasps) Can you fucking imagine getting that text? I gave myself chills reading that and like I knew what the fuck the text was going to say. I know. No. Oh my god, I couldn't the imagine getting those texts. Panic, at all. the terror, the sense of helplessness, like I couldn't even imagine. Because you also like can't get into it with her of like what happened because you know she's kidnapped. She's not like I'm like on the gram and on set. like she's like sneaking like yeah. as little as she can you without can't getting call caught. Her. Yeah, and be like, "Hey, what the fuck is up?" Right. So He texted her back saying, stop playing right now. I'm headed to the police station. And she texted back, quote, in God, end quote. (gasps) And Bryant realized immediately, like, she is absolutely serious. His next response to her is literally like, yes, ma'am. Like, he's like, I got you, girl. Boom. Fucking, this is for real. I'm taking care of this. Like, I'm fucking on my shit. Uh Uh-huh. He really is, like, amazing. Okay. This boyfriend. Love it. I watched interviews with him and like the interviewer literally is like, so you're the boyfriend, right? And like the smile on his face and just like the pride with which he answers her when he's like, yes, ma'am, is just so 
beautiful and touching. I love it. <sighs> so wonderful. This is literally a ride or die. For fucking real. Yes. Fuck yeah. Goals. Goals. Literally. So he realized she's completely serious. And he said, quote, she would never play like that. She would never say that for no reason. End quote. He immediately jumped up and started waking everyone in the dorm, including her roommates, telling them that Jayla had been kidnapped. He then rushed to the police station. Tamir said that it was normally about a five-minute drive away, and he made it there in just two minutes. Fuck yeah. He was so panicked that he literally forgot to turn on his headlights on the drive over. Oh, shit. The man, who according to Jayla, never took his eyes off the road, didn't realize she had been texting her boyfriend while simultaneously giving him directions to the gas station. When they arrived- Because the, the dude is um is driving. The dude's driving, yeah. yes. And she's in the passenger seat and she's like holding the phone and being, okay, like, being like, okay, you're going to turn up here and like, okay, uh, five more miles on this road and like pretending that she's like reading the yeah. GPS instructions to him. But meanwhile, she's like surreptitiously texting her boyfriend as much as she can. When they arrived at the gas station- he took her phone back and put her in the trunk of the car. He came back when he realized he was only armed with a knife and that the cashier was behind bulletproof glass. As Jayla knew, he would be. A fucking obvious. I yes. Mean, I'm assuming this dude's been in the clink for a while if they, if he didn't know that that's kind of a standard. Yeah. After his unsuccessful attempt to rob the gas station, he let Jayla out of the trunk and they got back into the car. Driving away, he told her he was going to rob a Walmart or a Kroger to get the money instead. She told him she'd look up directions on her phone and was once again able to text her boyfriend while guiding the man to the closest Kroger. When he got close to the store Jayla had been guiding him to, he pulled into an apartment complex across the street, took her phone back, and put her in the trunk again. He came back a few minutes later, let her out, and told her there was a security guard outside, so they'd pass the night in the parking lot, and he'd just try to rob the store in the morning. Okay. Again, this guy is not the brightest. I mean, let's be fucking real. He just came out of prison, which means he got pinched for the last thing he fucking did. Yes. Which means he's not good at what he does. Yes. Which is 99.9% .9 of these fucks. Yes. Quit your day job, because you suck at it. Do something else. <laughs> for real. Work at the fucking Kroger. There you go. Boom. Hard to get a job at Kroger when you have a criminal record, though. I do understand that. Sure. But there's also places that definitely hire you because they're, like, cool about it. But you have to not be a dick. That's very true. Facts, Moni. Literally facts. At the police station, Tamir met with detectives and showed them the text messages from Jayla. He also showed them her location, noting that she was even further away now. He said he was freaked out about being able to see her location moving along the highway while powerless to do anything about it. Mm. While he was at the station, Jayla sent him two one-word texts, knife and scared. <gasps> the police- Oh my god. I know! And like, you can see the screenshots of the text messages and just like, oh my god, I can't even imagine. Also, going back to the quick little little side tangent of yeah. like- he maybe can't get hired at a Kroger because he has a record. Fine. However, you don't need to rape someone because you're like, I can't get hired. That's very true. Because there's a difference of like, look, I can't make money because no one will hire me. Fine. Why are we bringing rape into this? Because you're trash. Thank you. That is a very valid point. You yeah. could have done, granted the kidnapping was shitty. You could have done the kidnapping, try to rob a thing without yeah, and the been rape. like, hey, I'm, look, I'm just in, a, in dire straits. 
I, you know, this is my situation. I fucked up when I was younger. I can't get a job because I have to click off. I have to check off that convicted felon bullshit yes. thing. But I'm not going to hurt you, whatever. But but that's that shit that they fucking say. I mean, I don't think he said that to her. But like BTK used to do that and be like, look, I'm just a sexual deviant. This is my kink. I'm not going to hurt you. I just need to like rape you and then like be on my merry way. And they'd be like, okay. And they'd be like, I'm just kidding. I'm totally going to fucking murder you. JK. JK. Uh, thanks. Fuck this dude. Right? And fuck BTK. That goes without saying, though. Thank you. But it needed to be stated. Like, also, I watched The Chase with Charlie Sheen. <gasps> okay. And, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of course, of course you've seen this. And of course you know this movie because of course. we... Chrissy Swanson and okay, okay, okay. I was like too obsessed. That's the scene where they have sex in the car. On Girl, the chase. I was like, literally just I'm gonna literally... fucking bring it up. That is life goals. Is like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. banging. I thought that was someone the as thing hot ever. as Charlie Sheen on the highway, like riding him while he's driving the car. I thought it was the hottest thing. Ever. While literally, like the cops and the like news cameras are like around and recording you. If you okay. have not seen the chase. With Charlie Sheen, like do I'm yourself so a favor. Fucking obsessed that you see this movie. I literally <gasps> I don't know so anyone much. other than my same. brothers who've seen it. I used and to watch it on repeat, girl. Literally fucking say it was on literally all the time. <gasps> Sploosh. and and like Flea, the basis for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, has like a minor role in it. <gasps> I which, fucking forgot that. By the way, whenever Flea shows up in the movie, you know it's good. It's fucking Bob Nugget. Yeah, I don't know if the chase is good, but I, I was obsessed that. with it. And that sex scene oh. is literally fucking goals. Like, literally has stayed with me for my whole life. Yes. Like, like, shaped my sexuality as a child, I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. Like, like, girl. I haven't partaken yet because I haven't found the right fella to, but if I ever get booked on something, it's probably that. Yes. Just saying. And that is an example of kidnapping somebody and not raping them. No, that was super consensual. Super consensual. Because they were both super hot. Chrissy Swanson. And I and got it. The original Buffy and Charlie Sheen, like... Peak hotness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You totally got it. And you were he, like, yeah. He, he held her up with the a candy, candy bar. bar. <gasps> I was going to say. I know. Amy, like, I know. literally. I love you so much right I now. I think it's not possible to love you more. I know. You I fucking th- bring the chase into this shit, girl. And specifically the sex scene a <gasps> second before I'm going to bring it up. Amy. I know. You're we're my like, heterosexual life partner. Right? Clearly. Girl. I'm obsessed we with you. We were made for each other. Clearly. It's, Headlessness. The chase. It's like, it's uncanny sometimes. I know. I know. If you could see the physicality, my cheek. Of what's hurt. happening? I know my this. cheek hurts from like how much I'm like smiling right now because I just I'm so excited. Literally I've never fucking insane. never talked about my weird obsession with the movie The Chase to anyone, and very so, specifically the sex scene. Very specifically the sex scene. Also, I learned from the sex from the sex scene of The Chase. Dresses always the way to go. Yep. Easy access. There you go. I wear lots of dresses. Just fucking floating it out there. Read into that what you will. Boom. There you go. All right. Not back to, back the to the much yes, back to the horrifying, <laughs> the horrifying kidnapping story. tale. If you need a palate cleanser of a kidnapping tale, where watch the chase. Yes, where no one gets raped. Watch the chase. Yeah, I'm like literally having a moment about that sex scene right now. Like I'm like I might need to like I'm rewatch getting, the chase now because it's so good. It's I'm so getting hot. a little like hot bothered about it. Uh, that's the only way to get about because, it. Okay, so okay, we need we need like a second. Okay, so how this how this sex scene starts is. Very early on, he kidnaps her. She, I don't even think they have these in cars anymore. Oh, it's uh, the the lighter. 
The like car lighter. Oh, I was thinking they had the phone too. They had the like the car phone console. Well, yeah, phone. because she yeah. was like rich as fuck. So she has a bougie car. He kidnaps her. He's driving. She's in the car, and she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna like get this, get rid of this guy." And she pushes <gasps> the lighter thing and puts it against his, his neck, neck and like burns him. I Great. Fast forward. Oh, she's like tending his wound. And then like starts like kissing his neck and then like straight up just like straddles him while they're in a high speed pursuit <gasps> on like some LA highway and like bangs him. And it's the hottest it's shit I've ever so seen in my fucking life. good. And then they like uh, zoom out and you see like the car like moving all over yes, the lanes. Like, really, and like the cops are, who is, um, who's the fucking, that, he's a famous comedian who plays the cop. Oh shit. He like screams a lot. He does scream a lot. Who the fuck was it? It's been ages since I've seen this movie, Moni. No, literally fucking same, but I'm pulling this up because, like, attention needs to be paid. I'm sorry. I understand that the story. Uh, Anyone who knows the chase will understand where we're coming from right now, I feel like. I mean, it was 1994. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins plays the fucking cop, and he's like tailing him, being like, why is he driving so radically? He's like, because he's getting the dicking of his life. Yeah, he is. Although she's getting the dicking. But it's still, it's like definitely my sexual awakening. Girl, same. Was that scene in The Chase. Yes. So real. fucking hot. Oh, it's so, so good. I absolutely know what I'm doing when I get home from work. Yes! <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, back to the horrendousness. Back to the horrendousness. Jayla sends the text, knife, and scared, and... The police ask him to find out what type of car she's in, and she responded, mine. Jayla's roommates were able to provide the make and model of her car to the police, and they immediately notified the Atlanta Police Department. Tamir continued to provide authorities with real-time updates of Jayla's location and kept texting her. Not realizing he was already at the police station, she texted him, don't call 911, worried that if her kidnapper saw any police Mm -hmm, lights, mm -hmm. he would kill her. Yeah. She texted him, quote, I don't want him to kill me, end quote. Oh my God. Tamir didn't tell her he was with the police and told her he was, quote, telling parents now, end quote. With the guidance of the police, Tamir asked who it was and she texted, IDK, caught me outside Kroger. He asked what he was wearing or if anything stood out about him and she said, no, was going to rob Kroger, might put me in the trunk, was going to Michigan, and that he had told her he, quote, didn't know how she was getting back, end quote. Which obviously freaked her the fuck out because the implication is- You're uh, not coming back. You're not coming back. You'll be dead and therefore you don't need to find a way back. Jayla then texted the heartbreaking words, don't let me die. <gasps> oh my God. I know. Tamir said the texts were gut-wrenching and that he was praying for her every second. Like- I can't even imagine being in in her situation. Oh my fucking God. But then being on the other end of it of just getting (gasps) these texts and knowing you can't do anything. And just being trapped and terrified for your loved one. And and the texts are escalating. Like it starts with kidnapped and then it's like, uh, knife, I'm I'm scared. Don't let me die. Don't let me die. I don't want to die. Like, oh my God. Yes. I couldn't imagine any perspective of this at all. Oh my God. Seriously. It's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. Trying to ease her fear, he texted her, quote, we've got help coming, end quote. But after only seven or eight messages, Jayla stopped responding or reading any text. And while they hoped her kidnapper had just taken her phone away, 
it was impossible not to immediately fear the worst, especially since her last text had been the chilling, don't let me die. Oh my God. Two hours passed without any word from Jayla. Oh my God. An Atlanta police officer canvassing a parking lot saw a green Honda Accord that matched the description put out of Jayla's car. Mm -hmm. It was idling with the engine running and the lights off. Mm-hmm. The officer got out and approached the vehicle, but when the driver saw the officer, he, he turned it. turned the headlights oh, on and sped off towards the exit, hitting four cars <gasps> and the parked patrol car. Guess what? That's not chill, and it's super sus. No. He also almost hit the officer in his haste to get away. Yes. You are so fucking bad at this, and I fucking hate you. So bad. The police then drew their weapons, instructing the man to stop, but... He ignored them, eventually crashing into a fence. Jayla got out of the car and immediately ran towards the officers, telling them that the man had jumped the fence and was running away. At the Carrollton police station, Tamir rushed out of the interview room, saying he had Jayla on FaceTime. He said, quote, I saw police lights in the background. She was running and crying, end quote. After she was rescued, she was taken to Grady Memorial Hospital. Jayla's assailant was found sleeping on a park bench and was arrested, quote unquote, without incident, less than 10 hours after he fled from the car. Bye. (laughs) Bye. For real. He was identified as 28-year-old Timothy Wilson, who had recently been released. Yeah. Who had recently been released from prison and had been in and out of the system since he was 13. Dude. Which is a heartbreaking thing in and of itself, but like. Sure. (sighs) Oof. And again, again, I I could totally respect the like, look, I fucked up. I I had to get get the money. The rape. rape. Nope. That's where you fucked it up, man. Nope. That's where it's just, you're just a bad person. You're just trash at that point. Yeah. Yes. You're just a criminal who's trash. I agree. 100%. Wilson was ultimately charged with kidnapping, hijacking a motor vehicle, aggravated assault, rape, aggravated sodomy, false imprisonment, and aggravated assault against a police officer, according to prison records. Oh, my God. Right? That was a fucking laundry list. Of assault. Of assault. Yes, that was a laundry list of assault, Monique. Yeah. Fuck. The worst kind of laundry list, honestly. Uh, Yeah, and I hate doing laundry. (laughs) Almost as much as this. I hate this. No, I definitely hate this more than laundry. Correct, yes. And I hate laundry a lot. A lot. I don't mind laundry. You're one of those? nice and warm when it comes out it is like the machine does most of the work you don't really get very dirty and like i don't know you can just sit in front of the tv and fold laundry like i don't have to be like standing and mopping or like scrubbing or washing dishes like i feel like it's honestly the most innocuous of all of the household chores here's the thing you're not wrong i understand that my hatred of laundry is incredibly irrational (laughs) and every time i do it i'm like that wasn't that bad it's fine and then i do it again and it's like time to do it i'm like I hate this. Yeah, I fucking hate this. But no, the warm clothes is really nice. It is nice, yeah, Yeah. especially in the winter. Mm -hmm. Hmm. A spokesperson for the Carrollton Police said in a statement that the public should take a lesson from Jayla having her location feature turned on and texting her boyfriend in a moment of crisis. Jayla Gladden wants to share her story because she believes her ordeal could have been prevented with better security in the parking lot. Mm. Her lawyer, Rod Dixon, said the Kroger location where she was abducted should have had a security guard like the one in Atlanta near to where she was rescued. Mm. Quote, given the location and the 24-hour operation, 
We believe that a nighttime security guard would have deterred the assailant, especially given the fact that the presence of a guard deterred him from robbing the second Kroger, end quote. Mm. Security footage showed that he waited near the front doors of the Kroger for a long time, waiting for a victim that appealed to him. Oh, you piece of shit. I fucking hate this Which so much. Which means this wasn't just a, I picked split the first of, person. Split of the moment. I picked the girl I wanted to rape. That's yep. what happened. Oh, I yes. fucking hate you so much. Yes. <sighs> that is why this is fucking awful. And this man is a trash person. Yes. Yes. One of so many reasons. Pick so up. many reasons. Dixon called his client a quote-unquote hero who, quote, saved her own life, end quote. Jayla says she tells herself every day, quote, I survived. I'm proud of it. Very, very proud of it, end quote. Fuck yeah. Fuck yes. With one more year left until she graduates, Jayla plans to go to graduate school afterwards and eventually become an occupational therapist. She said she wants people to be aware that bad things can happen at any moment. Mm. Quote, he's taken a lot away from my life and it doesn't need to happen again. It shouldn't have happened in the first place. Mm. End quote. Her boyfriend Tamir said, quote, no one should have to go through what she went through. End quote. Although he originally chose to plead not guilty on Monday, June 4th, 2018, Timothy Curtis Wilson ultimately pleaded guilty to kidnapping. So pleaded or pled? I always would say pled, but I feel like most things say pleaded. Really? And it's I always thought weird. it was pled. Okay, no, then, then fuck this me. was like fuck me then. No, straight up plead. Then, then it's pleaded. no, no. I always wanted to say it pled, but then I feel this like it could be like a hang tongue thing. According to Miriam Webster, yeah. both forms are standard, though pleaded is used with greater frequency. No shit. Yes. I know because it goes against everything that is inside of me to yeah. say pleaded. So it was one of those things like once I started noticing that that was kind of like all anyone would say is pleaded instead of pled. I was like, maybe I'm fucking this up by like trying to change it to pled. So I made a conscious effort not to use pled anymore because it's, it did seem like pleaded was more frequently used. The more you know. Um, I technically have correct. not been fucking paying attention you, to snapped. I guess not. You have been saying pleaded though, if I remember correctly. I feel like most of the time you do say pleaded. I thought I said pled. I don't even know what the fuck I talked Maybe. about. Maybe. I don't know. Clearly. Both are correct. Pleaded is apparently more common. Things, things you learn. Shooketh. Girl. There you go. I'm going to shut the fuck up. No. I clearly don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. We learned so much about words today and pronunciations Girl. and things. Killian? So, yeah. Pleated? Pleated. Katibi. Yeah. There you go. I I'm feel sure like we had, other ones we had a couple others in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I loved, I loved all of that. <laughs> so, on Monday, June 4th, 2018, Timothy Curtis Wilson ultimately pleaded or pled guilty to kidnapping Jayla Gladden at knife point from a Kroger store in Carroll County and sexually assaulting her behind a church in Atlanta. That's literally the least you can do is just be like, yep, yep I did it. I did it. You're right. That was real shitty of me. He also pleaded guilty to aggravated assault and hijacking a car and was ultimately sentenced to life in prison, which yep. was the maximum sentence for kidnapping with bodily injury. Boom. Thankfully, justice has been served, and now we don't need to talk about that motherfucker for one more second, and we can spend more of our time talking about the real hero of the story, which is 
Jayla fucking Gladden. Queen fucking Jayla. Queen We're fucking clear. Jayla. Cheers, Queen Jayla. Cheers. And King Tamir also. King Tamir, yes. Like, fuck yeah. For like being the fucking fucking correct boyfriend. The right the boyfriend. The correct boyfriend. Yes. Knew what the fuck to do. No one is texting me kidnapped because they're like, Monique's going to fuck this up. Straight up. <laughs> I know that. They know that. We we all live in this this <laughs> reality of like, we love you, but we know what the but fuck to do. But we know. Is. You're not my ICE. It's fine. That's right. Yes. That's fucking right. And that is for your best interest. Thank you. Don't ever put me as your in case of emergency. No. I'm not going to be able to help you. I want to. Truly. Like every fiber of my being wants to. And my brain's like, let's just like take like a second and process this later. I wish it didn't. I'm not the hero of any fucking story, man. But it does. I'm I'm very comfortable with that. I know I'm not the hero ever. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm not either. So that's fine. I can. You can throw a fucking axe gonna... though, girl. I mean, who knows when that'll come in handy. We'll see. Although I will say that I'm good at um, skeet shooting. Ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So maybe we will defeat the zombies after all. Hey, there you go. Me with my my rifle and you with yours. My axe. <laughs> your axe. Fuck like, yeah. Fuck yeah. I'd Do I smell yeah. a, a comic book series oh, happening? Oh, shit. Marvel hit a bitty up. The song's <gasps> Right? I'd read that. I'd watch that. Whatever. Whatever Boom. you want to do with it. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So, cheers to Jayla for outsmarting yeah. her attacker Queen. and surviving to tell her story. Her undeniable courage is an inspiration to others. And Jayla says that the support she's received in the aftermath means more than people will ever know. And that is the incredible story of survival of Jayla Gladden. Jayla, holy fuck. You're incredible. Right? So amazing. I can't handle it. (gasps) So smart. So amazing. Like, way to stay calm and just fucking, oh, I need my phone to Google the GPS location. Like, I still want to help you. I just want to help you You seem like an up and up dude. Yeah. Clearly. That's cool. What a fucking queen. She's so amazing. Jayla. Jayla. Fuck yeah. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're fucking killing it. Like, girl. You're incredible. And Amy, you're incredible. You give us two fucking stories. Two stories. Headless yeah. chicken. I had to do it. The headless chicken was too fucking crazy. Pigs are going to go on the gram so you can see for yourself. But I literally can't stress enough. The chicken is fucking headless. It's, it's headless. no head on that chicken. And a year and a half. This chicken lived for a year and a fucking half without its head. Like, what? See, like, I know that there's, I think it's three to ten seconds that the, um, that the head is still alive once it's decapitated. So that's kind of was, um, one of the reasons why the executioner hood would be put on. Uh, so you wouldn't see the head like reacting. Well, because for they, those it would be seconds. like they would be talking, but <gasps> you couldn't hear it because it was they they severed the vocal cords. Girl, yes, I know. Fuck. And then the other thing is that when um oh my god, well, kind of with all means of execution, really with executioner head, the executioner's head like across the board. So with the firing squad, it's so you wouldn't know who did it. Uh, Which doesn't actually matter because you're fucking dead. Why are you going to get revenge? Like, but I think it's also, it was like, like psychologically for the people shooting, they didn't know who did the final shot. Okay. With hangings, like the eyes would bulge out Ooh. a lot. And then with, yeah. um, same with um, uh, the electric chair. And sometimes <gasps> it, there's that. Uh, and I learned sh- all of this at the Museum of Death. 
Hey! Which, incidentally, I went to in L.A. immediately after church. I had an Uber driver pick me up at church <laughs> and then drive me to the Museum <gasps> oh of Death. Oh my god, I love you so much! Because I'm going to fucking die alone. No, we're going to be together forever, Moni. That is <laughs> Clearly, not true. Yes. We're twinsies. We're literally perfect for each other. We got the headless shit and we got the sex scene from The Chase. Oh, I'm watching that this fucking week, girl. I cannot. I kind of forgot about that movie completely until I brought it up and... Literally fucking same. It was on 47,000 times a day on HBO and then on Comedy Central. Yes. It was on all of the time. And then if you were like me, you then watched on like HBO West like three hours later. Oh, yeah. No, I watched it like three times a day at minimum. minimum. Thank you. Thank you. That that was me too. Like literally like – and I – I want to say weirdly at one point I had like DVR'd it when that was a thing and I would literally just like come home and watch The Chase because like why not? I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, it's something that – so Flea's character – I totally had forgotten he was in that. I still can't get over it. No, because he's in one scene. So he's basically – so They're like the guys who try to apprehend him like – They're like the amateurs, right? So basically it's mimicking a uh, OJ Ford Bronco chase situation. And then there's like – Every news crew is and they're just watching this. Follow, following so, behind them, yeah. I'm like, I remember like everything on this fucking movie, but how they like derail like the morgue truck and like oh. all of the bodies fall <gasps> onto the highway. This movie's I fucking don't wild. I remember that. Yes. Fuck. It's fucking wild. So Flea's character is with a friend and he's like driving a truck and they're like, we're gonna stop. We're gonna get chase. the guy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I say this all of the time, and no one knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, I probably wouldn't even have known that was what the reference was to, but I fucking love this movie. Flea makes every movie better. Facts. Him and Nick Offerman and John Goodman. Yes. Um, I can't even handle that you brought up The Chase. That was a great peppering of levity to an otherwise horrifying story. Good. I hope so. I like to provide a little levity. You do. You nailed I, it. When I um, can. But I'm definitely feeling some type of way about that sex scene with Chrissy Swanson and Charlie Sheen. And if you look at the cover, it's like just two young, sexy as fuck people from 1994. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Sexual awakening. Hello. Literally sploosh. Like, yes. No, for sure. I mean, I was like 10, 9, 10 when that came out. And I very viscerally remember that as (laughs) a woman. Edging her forties. Um, <laughs> I love it so much. I can't oh my! It. I like literally can't handle it. That story was amazing. Your other fucking story was amazing. You like literally, you guys, you got three fucking three stories. Three stories, this week. yeah. A little, even though it's a shorter episode, but you had three stories. Bringing the thunder, yeah. Fuck yeah. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Amy Traden. You're so welcome, boss. You're so welcome. Oh. Thank you. That was fucking amazing, and I learned a lot of like history that I didn't know. Thank you. I'd live for history. I fuck love- yeah. Especially some, like, dark, morbid history. It's my favorite. Fuck yeah. My favorite. I don't get how they can be like, this isn't real. Even though there's, like... I think it's... I think that's bullshit. I think that's just them covering their ass. I... Because it's, like... No, I mean, there's, like, lots of writings that say it was real, and it, it appears in French and British periodicals that this was real they of the time. They making and that up. They told stories. You know, kind of like... Did they though? Yeah. It's just, I could like understand it though. Yes. This seems logical. Yeah. Nothing about this seems like so outlandish. outlandish yeah. That, like, t- there's no way this could have happened. 
What? Yeah. I loved your story, though. It was absolutely amazing. I Thank loved you. your stories. Stories, yes. Plural. I'm never going to get over the chicken. Girl. Literally ever. I can't. I can't. It's so fucking weird to me. I like... The <sighs> chicken is fucking headless. The chicken is headless. And like... Go on the gram. Look at it. He's fucking year, headless. There's no head. Half, a year and a half. I won't... We'll never get over this. Never. No. So we got three stories, two of them headless, lots of fun yeah. dinner facts. Yeah. Drop that at your next dinner party next time you're having chicken. Like, yeah. By the way. By the way, that. By the way... 1981, beheadings were still fucking legal in France. They were still cool. They were like, hey, yeah. Sure. MTV and the guillotine. And the guillotine. Boom. That's catchy. There you go, right? I was like, they should make a documentary on 1981 that they just call that. Yeah. Great. Instead of I want my MTV, it's I don't want my guillotine. There you go. There Ah, you go. I like that. Right? Very catchy. Um, You should be in marketing. I mean, I was for a long time. (laughs) Um, you're amazing. Thank you so much for those stories. Oh my God, you're amazing. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. You can find us on the gram at another fucking horror podcast. You can find me at Pinocromo. You can find me at Lobotomy and that's Lobot period Amy. Every six episode, we do a true listener tales episode where we read your fucking weird stories. We at this point actually don't give a fuck what it is. We just want some weird what the fuck shit. Yeah. Hit us up. Uh, email us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking. And guys, as always, keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.